You are listening to the Battle Ready Podcast. My name is Aaron McManus, and I'm here with my dad, Earl McManus. It's good to have you. It's good to be here. We haven't done this in a while. No, we've been sort of transitioning to McManus as our podcast, but this is still the artist formerly known as Battle Ready. I know, and we switched <laughs> We switched over the YouTube channel, so now it's Erwin, Erwin McManus. It's Right? That's... Okay, I'm looking at Austin, who's hovering and looking at cameras. And, you know, the Instagram, I think, will stay the same Instagram right now. We'll just kind of collab with your personal, and, and it'll be a part of the story. But well, In my mind, it's still battle ready. Still you and me. Well, I, at some point, we've got to lay this thing to rest. Yeah, but a lot of people are reaching out to me from all over the world saying, tell Aaron to get back on air. <laughs> I, I did get a DM last week from a, a, a young man that said, Aaron, we have beef. We got beef. Yeah. Where's the Where's the podcast? So here we are. We're we're doing the pod. I I, I want to ask you questions, and I think that's that's what's changing, right? Like we did Bad Ready for the last seven years. This is year seven of of doing this podcast, All right. which is pretty crazy. And what it started out as is definitely not what it is now. Well, it right? started as you asking me questions. Me asking you, and this maybe this, we're going to go back to the beginning then, and because <laughs> I want to go back to me just asking you. But I, I think you have so much to say. I, I have love, things. I really value your opinion. I'll still say things. I'll still say things. I, 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 I love what you have to say, even when you're completely wrong. <laughs> but with passion, intensity, and clarity. <laughs> That's good. That's good. I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad you're you're acknowledging that if, if if I can be wrong, then you can be wrong too. Oh, I'm wrong all the time. Hey, we, we failed. I together. just don't have the same level of conviction. You're right. I say it as if it is written in stone. And even if I'm right, I'm still a little unsure. So, you know what I find like odd about that saying "written in stone" is just because it was written in stone doesn't mean it's it's right. That's true. The wrong thing could have been written in stone. <laughs> like, what if the Ten Commandments? Because there's two sets. Well, of that's commandments. where that must come from. What if God was like, "Just kidding"? <laughs> Let me have a second. I'm just joking. Or what? What about if they're really like? 12, Moses dropped them, killed the bottom two. <laughs> killed the bottom two. <laughs> the tank in it. Where? Maybe never let Moses. I shall not plagiarize. <laughs> well, we were talking about that. Okay, so I was reading I was reading um, Mar uh, Marcus Aurelius' book. Okay. And there's a quote it, from... His most recent one? <laughs> yes, yes. His <laughs> most recent book from 2023. <laughs> it's a penguin classic. Um, and it says from Maximus, self-mastery immune to any passing whim. Mm. Can we just talk about that a little bit? Because I've been getting into this idea of stoicism and it's not new. And I've, I, you know, I took, I took Latin in college and we read a lot of the stoics and, 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 you know, you had raised me reading a lot of different types of literature, mm -hmm. but now I think as a 34 year old man, who's going to turn 35 this July, mm -hmm. there's, I'm thinking about a lot of things in my life. Yeah. And this is a great book, I think for me to look to and to make some decisions, but I'm learning a lot. And a, well, the biggest thing I think I'm learning is that you taught me so much of this when I was young. Yeah. It's so interesting to me that stoicism has become so popular. Um, I mean, I look back and I was uh, a stoic when I was in college. I was, I called myself a Socratic. Uh, I, was a, I, mean, I was a philosopher and read everything that was written from that era in history and um, and all that before I actually became a follower of Jesus. So I was a, I was a follower of Socrates in many ways before I was a follower of Jesus, but I actually think that they uh, really dovetailed, that Socrates prepared me for Jesus. Hmm. I love it. But I, let's go back to that quote. Let's go back to the quote. I didn't know if you were going to say something. There. No, no, no. I want to. I just want from Maximus, a part of this book, 
and it says self-mastery immune to any passing whim. What's interesting to me is that um, probably 10 years ago, I was writing on self-mastery and I was speaking at this event where uh, I'm at this event speaking with uh, Jack Welch, Tony Blair, Condoleezza Rice, others, other world leaders. Ago, yeah, right? 15 years ago. Okay. And there was uh, a speaker in uh, that was backstage, and and he asked me what it was what I was going to speak about, and I said self mastery. And because he was a person of faith, it actually um, set him back a little bit. He goes, self mastery. That sounds dangerous, because is it really supposed to be self mastery? Right. And and what I thought was interesting is that I considered him to be a person who exhibited tremendous self mastery. And what happens sometimes, especially if you're a person of faith, is that you almost have this um, magical view of personal transformation, where you just sort of give your life to God or give your life to Jesus and everything works out, and then you don't need to do anything personally. Right. But self-mastery is really critical because it's really about taking control of your inner world. And most people spend their lives trying to have control over their external world, and the external world is the one world you don't have control over. Hmm. It's uncertain, it's chaotic, it's mysterious, it's unknown, and it's out of your control. Hmm. And most of the stress and anxiety people feel is because they're trying to exert their mastery on the external world. Okay. While not spending their energy, their life, getting mastery over their inner world, their thoughts, their emotions, uh, their decision making. How do you actually gain mastery over your thoughts and your decision making? I don't know. I guess decision making, mm -hmm. yes, don't make bad decisions. That yeah. one's pretty black and white. Mm -hmm. I find a way to make that one gray. <laughs> but how do you actually have self mastery over your thoughts and your emotions? Because I think, you know, it's it's we we were talking about this with one of our mm -hmm. really good friends, and they have an amazing daughter who who he was talking to us and explaining to us that she has this. Uh, these receptors, these emotional receptors, and she does not have good filters on them. Mm. So they're having to help her right. basically gain control and self-mastery over her emotions so that mm -hmm. when she hugs a little kid, because she's three, she hugs five times harder than the mm -hmm. kid would hug her mm -hmm. because she's experiencing all this excitement and all this emotion, and it comes out in a very physical, it manifests in a very physical way, and mm -hmm. oftentimes very um, almost borderline violent not actually violent she's not a violent human but it's <laughs> but it, but she's so intense too right. intense that it's almost like violent because they're little kids and we were talking you know how do you and they were trying to teach her they're teaching her mechanisms mm -hmm. and giving her like kind of a toolbox on how to control her her emotions and how to control the way she's feeling but how do you do that as an adult because you know we 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 there was another quote on the page before and i really really resonated with it and it talks about moral freedom and it says mm. to always be the same man mm. uh, unchanged in sudden pain and a loss of a child in lingering sickness to see clearly in his living example that a man can combine intensity and relaxation mm. so how do you gain self-mastery what are tools to do that can you give me tools yeah i can i actually i think i can be surprisingly helpful oh <laughs> practical you're always helpful and, uh, not always practical here's one thing you have to establish a principle right. that your emotions do not give you the right to your actions. Okay. So just because you're feeling something doesn't legitimize acting on that feeling. If you really want to embrace both the principles of Jesus and the principle of principles of stoicism, is that you have mastery over your emotions. And um, 
most people who lack mastery, this is their principal area of weakness. Okay. And if you're angry, be angry, but don't act on that anger. Okay. If you're um, jealous, you know, understand that you're jealous, but don't act on that emotion. And what happens when a person, uh, it's tricky because in our culture, we say, well, you need, I, I need to be honest. I need to be true to who I am. Right. And so then when you feel something, it's an honest emotion. So you're yeah. just being honest. You're just being yeah. true. You're just being yourself as if your emotions have mastery over your actions. Hmm. See, and when you are acting on your emotions, you do not have self-mastery. Hmm. When you experience those emotions fully, but those emotions do not control your actions, that's when you have self-mastery. Okay, so I now know how to have it. How do I do it? <laughs> like really, because you know, mm -hmm. I, I, I would be someone who was, I was highly OCD as a, as a, as a young kid, mm -hmm. maybe 10, 11 years old, when I realized mm -hmm. I was like really massively OCD. I remember on the, on the show on USA Network, Monk, <laughs> it was the first time. Did you ever see that show? It was mm -hmm. great. You see, I mean, I watched it with you. You showed yeah. it to me and you're like, <laughs> like <laughs> there we are. <laughs> you know, to the point where I would like touch everything and yeah. like see all these things and like the way that my mind worked. And I was like trying to explain it to myself today because I was in a conversation with someone who was asking about it. And, and I was like, I oh, know I was extremely OCD as a kid. And they were like, well, are you really clean at home? And I was like, not like, not necessarily clean. Like right. I'm, I'm not messy. I make sure my house is always kept. Yeah. But like, you know, I traveled from the airport yesterday and my suitcase blew up, mm -hmm. you know, like it's not yeah. like I, I was I couldn't sleep last night because my suitcase, blew, yeah. you know, was it was wasn't packed or unpacked. But I was explaining like how I, I would see lines and I would mm -hmm. see like grid maps and like like mm -hmm. this table would have a point and a point there and a point here and the mic would have a point and the camera would have a point. And my brain would like a, like Spider-Man would literally mm -hmm. touch all of these points at any given moment. And I I was basically having this conversation about like being OCD and how to control your minds. I remember just praying constantly. And I was almost like a Catholic. I would always pray the same prayers that that worked with inside of my OCD. And it was kind of this fear of, if I don't say these prayers, I'm gonna die. Mm -hmm. If I don't say these these certain prayers, then my dad's gonna die or my sister's gonna die mm -hmm. or, or my family's gonna die. It was always around death, which is crazy. Cause like <laughs> even the things that we believe in, like at one, at one point you get to the point where you're so, so, so exhausted where, sorry, you keep looking at something and I keep getting nervous. Um, you get to the point where you're so exhausted that you're like, well, everyone's going to die. <laughs> I can't possibly count anymore or pray anymore. Or, and, and I think and to, to reach self-mastery, do you have to reach a point of exhaustion with your own emotion, with your own action, with your own behavior? No, or is there a way to like break, to break yourself before well, you, you get to self-mastery? You literally moved from the first area to the second area. What do you, what do you mean? When you start describing... OCD and right. managing your thoughts, you move from emotions to thoughts. Right. Well, you I would say that my thoughts caused my emotions. Well, let's let's just separate them for a moment. Okay. okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, one aspect of self-mastery is to tell yourself, my emotions do not give me a right to act. Okay. You've already explained okay. self-mastery multiple times. The second times. one is my thoughts right. will not control my thoughts. Right. You so, will choose what you think so how do you rather turn... than letting your thoughts choose you. Yeah. It's, it's, right. I know it's tricky. But like, don't think about oranges right now, right? But you're thinking about Think oranges. about watermelons. 
No, but you're thinking about oranges. There's no way. Because the moment you said oranges, I told myself watermelons. I chose an overriding thought. <laughs> totally. But in the back of your mind, you're still thinking, I made a divergent thought. I made a distinctive choice to not think about oranges. And, and by thinking, not thinking about oranges, I thought about oranges. Yeah. But you see, right? that's it. The world will tell you to think about oranges. And if you're simply passive, you will think about oranges. Hmm. But if you are proactive with your thoughts, you will speak watermelons into existence. So, that, you know, <laughs> no, right, right, right. Yeah, I, I love it. Yeah. So you could have been listening to a lot of podcasts the mm -hmm. last few weeks and I binge and I go in and I, I'll, you know, I try to do like mm -hmm. half an hour, an hour. And, you know, I was, I was in mm -hmm. New York and it was really nice to, to be able to like walk and listen. Mm -hmm. And here in LA, you can walk and listen. You're not walking anywhere. No, I know. <laughs> you know, maybe your neighborhood or a few other neighborhoods, but really there's not really, you have to drive to most places. But I was walking and listening and it talked a lot about, you know, how important it is to start your day telling yourself great things. Mm -hmm. You know, today is going to be a good day, you know. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yeah, but you, yeah, but have you, you even been inside of my mind where today could be one right. of the 50,000 variables in which I'm my brain but is considering. Can I give you a nuanced shift? Sure. All right. Today is going to be a good day is... Um, positive thinking. Right. It's, or you might say, um, um, you know, leveraged optimism, right? You know, I'm yeah. going to believe this. As opposed to, I'm going to make today a good day. Like no matter what happens, no matter what gets thrown in my yeah. direction, I'm going to make today a good day because yeah. I'm choosing it. To yeah, so day. today is going to be a good day, leaves you vulnerable because maybe what's going to come at you today isn't that good. So is it more about choice than belief? I do think, I think it's um, belief that fuels choice rather than belief that fuels fate. Right. You, you know, because yeah, a lot of people yeah, think yeah. they can control fate. Today is going to be a good day. Because. Yeah. And so the you moon is aligned with the. So you're manifesting that today is going to be a good day. But I like manifesting. You don't like manifesting. I know. I, I love the word. It's but really I, cool. It's I a great the word. It's kind of cool. Yeah. But like, what about all these moons? Because I I'm at this ama I'm at this dinner with one of my good friends. <laughs> well, you're going. You're going there. <laughs> no, I'm going there. I think we should go there. I think I think it's real life. I think it's yeah. it's also like it, it takes it away from being too too serious. Because I think. You know, I never mm -hmm. believed in astrology, and I, I don't believe in astrology, and, and I, I never really read horoscopes. I don't believe in horoscopes, mm -hmm. but like, you know, I'll be at dinner tables, and they'll be like, you know, what, you know, so what's your sign and what's your thing, mm -hmm. and that, and I always would say, you know, I, I'm, um, you know, I'll tell them where I was when I was born, and and they'll tell me, you know, what I am, and and it's crazy how kind of right it is sometimes, <laughs> you know. And then I was at this dinner and and I have so many friends going through stuff and, and I was going through something and and we we're all like kind of laughing and crying and, and having just one of those moments where we're just laughing that this is this stuff is so unright, like not right, you know, something is so unwell and, and, and imperfect in the world. And and one of them said, you know, the moon's doing crazy stuff. <laughs> and I was like. Yeah, you mean this gigantic mass is moving in the sky like it's always been doing crazy yes. stuff, but. It, like, how we obviously work in cycles and we work in the rhythms right. and the universe works in cycles and rhythms and and you know the, mm -hmm. the solar system and the planets and it, there's obvious connectivity, right? Our bodies right. are how many percent water? Is it like 60, 80 no, percent? Yeah. So yeah. the moon affects whether the oceans rise or lower. It's got to affect what goes inside yeah. of our body. 
And whether it's the moon, I think they uh, per give the moon a, a personality versus like <laughs> saying that like all of time and space is yeah. shifting con consistently. Yeah. And how, like, how do you read the waves and how do you watch the waves? But what do you say to that, right? Well, there's two thoughts that come to mind right away. Okay. One is that there were ancient um, groups of people who worshiped the moon. Right. And the word for moon in Spanish is luna, which comes from the Latin. Luna. Yeah, so lunatics. It's where the word lunatic comes from because the people who worship the moon were out of their minds. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so there are lunatics, and that's where the phrase comes from. But, uh, <laughs> there was like a great, there was a great meme that it, I don't know if you saw this Austin, but it was like uh, like a son texting his mom, and it mm -hmm. said, "Mom, uh, when and where was I born? Like, what time was I born at?" And she responds, "Do not talk to her." <laughs> like on a date, cause every if you go on a date in LA, it's like, "What time were you born? Where were you born? At what time?" <laughs> <laughs> and, and like, you know, like, I don't know. I like mom lost oh, my birth certificate like oh, 20 I, years ago. Like, I, I, don't marry her. <laughs> yeah. Literally like, don't no Like, don't like run, like run, yeah, son. Don't yeah, talk to her. Yeah. But uh, I was just doing this uh, business coaching call with these executives. And um, one of the people that is just so sharp, so intelligent, uh, was a very successful actress. Now she's very success, successful in the, the business space. And she said, you know, I've been doing all these stories. I mean, all, all this, um, all this learning and studies and, and trying to get into the vortex. That's the phrase that she used, you know, because when you're in the vortex, you are perfectly aligned and uh, everything's supposed to come easy. Oh, wow. And she said, but whenever I'm in the vortex, whenever I feel like I'm in this, and she's basically describing flow or, right. you know, uh, presence. And she goes, whenever I'm in the vortex, some jerk walks into the building. <laughs> and it ruins my day and I'll, next thing I know I'm out of the vortex and she goes so why is it that when you're in the vortex it's supposed to come easy but it's so easy to get shaken out of the vortex and I huh. said um here's the answer yeah life is hard there is no vortex that makes life easy hmm. and in fact a vortex and I and um is not helpful if it only exists when life is easy. Hmm. So anyone who says to you, the vortex makes life easy, is lying to you. Okay. Just like people say, give your life to Jesus, and suddenly your life becomes like perfect. It, yeah, it, that it becomes one, easy. There needs to be a class action against that, that yeah. saying. So I thought it was that funny. One's not, that's not proper advertising. But, but they replaced Jesus with vortex. <laughs> and, right. uh, and I told her, I said, look, life is hard. Okay. What you need to find is a state of being where Every time you face what's hard, you actually get stronger because there is no portal, no vortex, no flow, no space, no mind state, no mindset that will make your life easy. So you need to find that makes the one that makes you stronger when life is hard. So what is it about our personalities as human beings? Because it seems like there's very many groups or pods um, or kind of people groups within, you know, this the way of thinking of like, there's people who are really subscribed to motivation, mm -hmm. really subscribed to determination. Like the moon is in this place. So I have determined that life is going to be weird this week, yeah. which it gets weird. So like we, <laughs> you haven't answered the moon thing and I want to get, come back because mm -hmm. I want you to answer the moon thing. Like circadian rhythm, our sleep, our life, yes. our attitudes. We, you know, we talk about it. We talk about it. Like mm -hmm. there, we experience it. Yeah. You, some days do not feel the same as, as the next day, yeah. right? So yeah. how, 
stuff is moving at any given moment. Why is it that other people who are just so in tuned in which with their bodies and their feelings that they feel it heavier than others? Yes. Here's my esoteric answer. What's esoteric? Um, weird. <laughs> um, we are intimately connected to all creation. The idea that what's happening in creation doesn't affect us is, is a naive view of reality. Hmm. So we are more connected than we think. I mean, barometric pressure affects us, hmm. <laughs> you know? Right. And uh, I, I mean, really um, interesting to me. altitude affects us. We yeah. are organically connected to creation. And so there is a connection there. And I think some people are more aware of it. Hmm. And sometimes people spiritualize actually um, act what is actually a natural physiological relationship to hmm. the created order. We are not created separately. God, God did not create us as a separate unit disconnected from creation. We breathe the oxygen around us. We drink the water around us. We eat the food around us. We are completely dependent on creation. It's really interesting to me because do you think, do you think, um, do you think that, like take sociopaths, people who, who <laughs> take, so, I, wanna, I wanna kind of compare sure. and maybe contrast this idea of like sociopaths and cancer. Because cancer's stuff that's in your body that was already in your body. Mm -hmm. It's blood cell, or it's cells that have become is maleficient, like they've basically malware. It's just eating itself, right? And start mm -hmm. destroying your own self. Whereas like sociopaths, they're not not human. They are human. Yes. But they've almost disconnected from the rest of the body, right? In this way in which you're talking about this, like where we are, we are all connected. It mm -hmm. almost feels like these like this sociopath or maybe the, the super narcissist goes, I'm actually disconnecting from humanity to become my own property and agent. Well, I would say that many of humanity's innovations and breakthroughs have come from people who have sociopathic tendencies. But with the end goal of what? To connect more people or to disconnect more people? Well, I don't know if they have an end goal in, in the same way that you would have an end goal or that I would have an end goal. Right. But um, I mean, you know, they asked one billionaire who is an incredible inventor, like why, what drives him? And he basically said, uh, life would be so boring if you didn't try to solve this problem. Right. And another one, he said, I just love puzzles. Hmm. <laughs> you know, and so it's like, uh, when they asked Bill Gates why yeah, he yeah, took on yeah. the malaria um, yeah. crisis, he literally said, um, I love puzzles. Yeah. And when he's asked the question again, he goes, yeah, I just thought here's a puzzle that no one else maybe could yeah, solve. Yeah, not it for humans me. dying. It, it, yeah, it's not driven by empathy, but, but, but look at it from the other side. That's a, a unique human being who's constructed in, in, um, in a certain way where they're lacking certain attributes that would be considered valuable, like right. empathy. Right. And, um, but they also have a unique intelligence and perspective hmm. that can also make the world better, advance the human good, or destroy everything. I, you know, yeah, I mean, and maybe, like, maybe, like, what he's done is built the foundation to really destroy the entire world. Now we're looking at AI, and mm -hmm. and we have really interesting things going on with it. But obviously, mm -hmm. you you there's there's this thing looming beneath the surface. The question that everyone's asking is like, where will this end up? You know, we've we've been raised on Terminator movies where AI <laughs> has taken over the world. We've seen the Matrix, mm -hmm. where you know we are farmed by robots to generate electricity and 
and you know our dreams and our brains are used to like f- you know fund their energy levels but when it comes to to those unique people uh, and there's uniqueness in all of us yeah. it, by creating what they create it could be you know the the the, dis- the, the you know the the, the the it could mean that the rest of the world or i guess humanity dissolves and itself destructs and implodes because we've destroyed ourselves and you have one billionaire creating ai and you have another billionaire trying to get us off the planet and it almost feels like this really interesting <laughs> paradox of, you know, and you have another billionaire buying all the chicken farms in America. Yeah, because right? they're control. <laughs> yeah, because they're controlling. They're controlling food supply. And you have to and, ask yourself, what are they doing, right? You know. Yeah, and, I mean, uh, it has to do with the tax break and <laughs> like with every what is it like? I don't know. It has to do with like every acre that you own. A certain up to a certain amount, you get like your tax deductible dollar goes from like fifty to like one hundred thirty. It's it's kind of cr- crazy things. But what, I guess what I'm saying is that like so how. We're going full circle because we're just kind of going on and on. But well, you went to sociopaths. I did went to sociopaths, but really it was. So you're saying sociopaths can still do good for the world? Yes. Hmm. Yeah, and maybe that's my um, belief in humanity's um, potential for redemption. I, I think that um, I know there are exceptions, but. I like to believe that overwhelmingly every human being can redeem to do good in the world. Mm. And um, I'd rather be wrong and believe that than be right and not believe it. <laughs> but let me go back to self-mastery. Right. Okay. Um, because it, it goes back to thoughts. Like I was listening um, to one conversation and a person was saying that they have these really dark, destructive thoughts. And um, the person that they were sharing them with said, I was really shocked and appalled, even though I've had thoughts like that in my life. Yeah. It wasn't the thoughts that shocked them. It was the person's willingness to share them. Right. And I, I think what we have is we have a continuum in the human experience. And um, we all have thoughts we shouldn't have. Right. We all have thoughts we don't want to have. Problem is that you have you have to decide which thoughts will become the fuel for your actions. Hmm. So I put it in the same way. You have to have mastery of your emotions, you have to have mastery of your thoughts. And 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 even like the even Paul in the scripture says to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Hmm. And so somehow you have to take every thought captive one way or the other. And and here's what I would say Aaron is like you know there's this great adage that says you need to stop you need to stop listening to yourself and start talking to yourself. Right. Right. You, you know and and the problem is that um, that's also assuming that everything that you're that you're listening to is negative. Hopefully, you can change your internal narrative and actually hear positive things coming out of your soul. <laughs> you know, it's like it's assuming right. everything you say about yourself is negative, everything you say about the world is negative. And I hope when I listen to myself, my inner self says, "You matter. You have value. You can make a difference in the world. You're created to do something good." Right. You know, that's that's yeah. um, the inner voice that I think we're, we're created to have. We were talking about this book. A, a while ago, and I think we talked about it on the pod mm-hmm. six or seven months ago about the is it hidden messages in water, mm-hmm. where it's like you're yeah. speaking. They're doing uh, what is it? Like scientific experiments where they were mm-hmm. testing water and what you speak into the water and what how the water and would it react. crystallizes differently. Yeah, right. And I mean, it's but then you talk about the moon and it's <laughs> and, and our correlation with mm-hmm. water inside of our bodies and it's pulling us and releasing us and there's kind of this gravitational pull. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and then you look at it and then back and then back into what I think what I was initially saying of like, there's three different, I think three different pools or many different pools of people and like what they buy into and subscribe, but there's people who are, need to be motivated, mm -hmm. you know, don't listen to yourself, talk to yourself mm -hmm. versus, you know, what's the moon saying about, <laughs> about my life. And then it's like the people who are going, you know, it isn't necessarily about the daily motivation. Um, it is about the choice, but the choice about who you are as a person mm -hmm. and really like, I think they all play a part. But how do you, what's the fastest way to gain self-mastery? Is there a hack? Because <laughs> my thing is this, like the moon hasn't talked to me. So I, I don't know how to do it. The moon. I can't control the moon. There's nothing, no matter what I do, the moon and me, we don't talk, you know? And, and the things that I say internally are not always the greatest. Right. So I do, I do see that there, the importance of choosing every morning to speak kindness to yourself. Yeah. Right. And. And also to speak kindness to others, because you're not speaking well to others, you're not going to ever speak well yeah. to yourself. It's an immediate reflection of how you see the world. Yeah. But how do you rebuild? Because like even as like friends who are so fundamentally different than me, we love each other on the surface, and mm -hmm. there's a there's a depth there. But how do we? How do you really like navigate the foundation of a human being? And where do you construct that? Is it in, when they're young? kids and what are the things that you do and say that that change you asked a lot of questions on that okay i, I want to go to one specifically go when you look in the mirror and you tell yourself positive things about yourself or when you look in the mirror and you're kind to yourself yeah that's actually not the real conversation you're having with yourself okay the real conversation that you're having with yourself mm -hmm is how you talk to other people. Okay. When you speak to other people with affirmation, encouragement, kindness, empowerment, your soul is actually listening to you mm -hmm. and telling you who you are. Okay. When you speak to others with condescension and meanness or, or um, you're demeaning, you're actually demeaning yourself. You're speaking condescension to yourself. You're being unkind to yourself because your brain isn't distinguishing between what you're saying to yourself in the mirror yeah. and what you're saying to other people. Yeah. And so the most important conversation you have with yourself right. is the one you're having with other people. Hmm. That's how your internal world changes. So when you ask me, what's the practical thing you do? You need to realize everything you say to other people is what you've actually said to your identity. Hmm. Everything you, you give to other people, every emotion yeah. you expend to people is actually the way you inform your own soul. It's really interesting, right? Like they, the, the verse I have on the back of my phone right now is above mm -hmm. all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. Proverbs mm -hmm. 4. Um, but I was actually thinking about this because like when in dealing with, with your heart, mm -hmm. where is it? <laughs> I know where the physical manifestation of the physical being of my heart, where the blood, but how is it that my heart hurts? Yeah, but or yeah. that, how is it yeah. that my heart feels inspired? Like, how is it that, like, where's the heart and where's the soul? Those are the two things. That, uh, I, <laughs> you know, I, I recently just realized, I think I've been wrong. What do you mean? Because for a long, you know, growing up, they always said, you know, this is your head, this is your heart. And then for years, I'd say to people, this isn't your head, this isn't your heart. This is your head and your heart. It's all here. But now I'm reading that there are something like 40,000 parallel cells in your heart that are basically brain cells. 
that really? your heart actually has what would be called brain cells. Well, pull that up. Awesome. So it's called cool. the second brain. Wow. So now I'm going, wait a minute. Is that right? 40,000 neurons. You mean I got it right? 40,000 neurons that are basically brain neur- uh, you know, brain cells. They're neurons. They're yeah. literally what you would find in the brain and the spine, but so, in your heart. So when I was a child and I thought this was my head, this was my heart, was I was right. <laughs> and later I was told, no, it's all in your brain. But they were wrong. Science was wrong. It's not all in your head. A lot of it's in your heart. Your heart's your second brain. Interesting. And so that is so telling because we don't even understand the full complexity of being human. No, (laughs) that doesn't help me right now. (laughs) (laughs) And so you are the whole, your emotions are a part of who you are, but your emotions are not supposed to have mastery over your soul. And feel deeply, choose wisely. Wow, hold on, time out. (laughs) And- I gotta write this down. Your thoughts. Say that again and go and go. Feel deeply, choose wisely. Now now run. Your thoughts are not supposed to have mastery over you because you have, I did a study once of how many thousands of thoughts you have throughout the day. You can pull that up, Austin. And how many thoughts go through the human brain in one day? You can do one hour, but. 70,000 thoughts go through your brain in one day. That's crazy. So if your thoughts have mastery over you, you are crippled with OCD and ADD and ABCDEFG. You get everything because- Get it all. You have all those thoughts crashing through your brain. You have to have mastery of your thoughts. And again, I have no control over where the world says, think oranges. And that thought? I'm thinking about pickles. <laughs> that's right. There you go. You've learned what to do. Right. Do not let the world decide what thought you hold. No matter what thoughts are sent your way, you cannot stop them from entering into the universe of your brain. Yeah. You can stop them from building inside of your brain. Yeah, it's really interesting because when you're young, your parents try to get you to stop doing things or to not do things or to, <laughs> you know, really parents act as this really, whether a heavy filter or a light filter or no filter at all, but a filter between you and the outside world. Mm-hmm. So it's it's what you're actually receiving from the exterior, right? Mm-hmm. There's so many boycotts and there's so many things you're not supposed to do and listen to, especially when you grow up, you know, in a, in a, in a church family or a Christian family or religious family of any kind. Um, and then you go through a season of life where there's no more parents. So now you're, I remember the first time I listened to like Nirvana and Eminem and, you know, Jurassic Five and all of these amazing artists that, mm-hmm. you know, really I wasn't exposed to till maybe I was in high school, early high school, 13, 14 years old. And, and without you knowing, cause you had gotten an iPod for the first time and your friend uploaded it with 5,000 different songs. And I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. it was like the garden of Eden. It was like eating that, the, the, the fruit <laughs> for the first time. I was like, oh, this literally, I can, I can access so much. I got that in Korea, by the way. No, uh, no, you got it from mom in LA and Melvin Rivera. Oh, I tried that. Right. Yeah, yeah. You got something else in Korea. Yeah, like I, before I'd always get the new technology. Before, 10 years before yeah. the iPod, yeah, yeah. you had an MP3 player. Yeah but no one really had anything for that no. <laughs> that early on, you know? But you really had, 
and I was exposed to music and then realized like the music really does determine the thing, the thoughts that I'm thinking and like mm-hmm. the things that I'm, I'm thinking about and going for. And then realizing that, and then you go through another stage of life of going like, okay, now I'm looking at this filter going, would I want my kids listening to this? Mm-hmm. Like half the stuff. Now you know why. Now I get it. <laughs> because so much of what you think and you, and yeah. you recite and you remember and you memorize. And, I, and, and for me, I remember this, like it really hit home in 2000 and maybe like 10, 11, when Kanye released that record, Yeezus. Mm-hmm. And it was so interesting and revolutionary, but it was also like one of the heaviest. It was kind of his like pre, mm-hmm. you know, he was calling himself, you know, he had the song, I am a God about arrogance and, and yeah. humility and all this stuff. But it was the first record I listened to it. I remember talking to my friends who, you know, he's now he's a phenomenal artist. And the other one is a big creative director. And, and we were, remember us talking about as young guys going, this record is fascinating, it's art but it also doesn't make my soul feel good. Mm-hmm. It was kind of the first time I'd ever admitted like, oh, the stuff I'm inputting and receiving really does have an effect of what I'm outputting. Yeah, right. Absolutely. And the type of behavior that I have. And you look at it, whether it's like highly sexualized music or, or very violent music or aggressive music, and you look at the people who listen to it and, and you know, and whatever. And then there's, you look at the behavior in, in which they live their life and the manner in which they live their life. But but how to create these filters, right? Because because self-mastery feels like, for me, it feels like the removal and the res- the restraint from the world having its say in my mind, right? Yes. That like if I just receive everything and listen to everything, watch everything, do everything, mm-hmm. it I I have to basically set up safeguards inside of myself to go. This I have to remove. This this I have to get rid of. This this is not who I am. This is not the behavior I'm going to make, or the actions I'm going to choose. Um, but it's taken a long time and I still don't feel like I'm anywhere near it. You know, I told you in the elevator, I said, Hey, I just want you to know I have a lot of anxiety. Mm-hmm. And you looked at me and you're like, I wonder why this man is oversharing, <laughs> no. but you always take it really well. And, yeah. and I was like, just so you know, like that's probably why I'm a little chippier or mm-hmm. tougher today. I have a lot of anxiety and I'm managing it. You yeah. know, you said earlier, um, is there a, a hack to self mastery where did. you get there faster? And I said, this is the core of the problem. Every bad habit that you will ever have, you will get quickly. And every good one comes with time. And so when a person wants to be expedient, they take on bad patterns. There's a lot of forgiveness and, in that statement, though. Yeah. Right? Because I think, you know, to go, you know, I think maybe you could easily compare it to, you know, addiction. And and yeah. and going, you become an addict pretty fast. You, your your DNA can be more, you know, um, yes, more likely to become an addict. I know that I have that in my system, so I have to be very careful. I I knew I couldn't just do drugs when I was younger. Yeah, I just met they a guy were, named Damon West, and he said um, he was at work. He was, you know, I guess a stockbroker, really successful family. Yeah. One guy, because he saw him working like whatever twenty hours a day, gave him meth, and that he said I was addicted from that second. Yeah. Then he became a criminal. Right. Because and, that one yeah. choice led to a, a life of complete destruction. Yeah. Like I won self-mastery, so mm-hmm. I've opted in. I don't think I've got it yet. You know, there's days where I'm like, oh, I can, I can, like yeah. things can float from my hands. Like yeah. I, like there's magic I can do within my own self. Mm-hmm. I'm healing faster than I think I ever have. Yeah. Because I'm less focused on myself and more, I'm, I'm, cause this, this feels like the dance. Mm-hmm. It's being highly focused and aware of yourself mm-hmm. and knowing that you need to change. Yeah but then also not making yourself the focus, mm-hmm. right? 
That's that's so good. That's true. But how how do you do that? Because there's moments where I'm like, okay, you're just being like genuinely narcissistic. None of your friends are picking up the phone because you're exhausting everyone. And mm. then there's other times going, but I need them, and I don't know how to get through this moment without them. And and how do I keep moving forward to self mastery to where my emotions and my feelings don't cripple the world, mm. right? Because that was that's the other thing is like I the same way that my friend's daughter feels things so heavy and mm -hmm. responds so reactively. I feel that way. Mm. I'm just not hugging people five times harder. <laughs> you know, like my actions in response can be so much heavier. Mm -hmm. And and it felt, you know, someone had said recently, like, just, you gotta just man up. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I, yeah, yeah, I do, but how? How do you man up when You've opted into being a man. I had no choice. I got to be a man. <laughs> I, I live in my own house. I have my own car. Like we have my own life. But to make decisions of being manly or being having self-mastery, how do you genuinely, I guess, is opting in enough? Like, how do you know which progress, how much progress is good progress? Well, one, you've made tremendous progress. All right. That, right. But how do you self, how do you? Um, Self-regulate. Yeah. And how do you, got, like, I guess, maybe determine if the path you're on is the right path? Yeah. And you're I, making enough progress. Yeah, I think, um, first of all, it all comes down to daily choices. Daily choices. Yeah, you know, you don't wanna um, think in terms of months or years, in terms of um, your expectations, just make daily choices of doing the right things and the months and the years will come. But I think there's several things. One is you, it's really about the internal space. Right. Because self-mastery is really living about from the inside out rather from the outside in. Right. So you go, all right, I feel this, and I give myself to feel, I give myself permission to feel this, but I do not give myself permission to live in this feeling. Hmm. You know, I'm, I'm thinking this, and I'm giving myself permission to think this, but I'm not giving this permission to be my thoughts. And you have to then make overriding choices. So when you're depressed, you have to make choices to not be alone. And what's interesting is when a person's depressed, they usually move toward isolation. They make all the wrong choices. Y yeah. You know, um, if you're afraid, you need to get around courageous people. Don't surround yourself with cowards. Right. Surround yourself with people who are courageous so that you have to step up to their courage. Like, right. and, and a lot of it's environmental. And by the way, I think this is really fascinating that a lot of studies actually show that the significant shifts we make are as much environmental as they are internal. Uh, someone was telling me how um, the soldiers who came back from Vietnam who were given heroin for pain when they came back to the States had a higher rate of um, overcoming that addiction. Really? Than the people who are addicted to heroin here in the States. Who went to Vietnam? No, who never went to we Vietnam. Went to Vietnam. Okay. And the reason Why? they found is that if you stay in the environment where you gain the addiction, the environment supports the addiction. If you leave the environment where you uh, came under the addiction, you have a higher capacity because now you're in an environment that's not reinforcing the addiction. This is so good. This, uh, this yeah. is, this is okay. We're forty minutes in, so I, you yeah. have to opt in for another ten. But are you are you down to do yeah. it? Yeah, so, I, so I have to run. But but I think the this key is, there. This is the, the part is that your negative behaviors have a cluster of relationships that help you maintain that negative behavior. So then how do you change? Okay, so for you me- You have to change people 
if you're going to change yourself. But it's not just people, it's the environment, right? Well, the the people are in many ways the environment. The constructor of the environment. Yes. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah, no, no, no. This makes so much sense. So, and this comes back to like a week mm -hmm. or two ago, you know, I was like, I need to go to New York. Mm -hmm. and you're like, perfect. I'm going to New York. Come, <laughs> you know, and yeah. I was like, you, you told me like, yeah. I can only see you like for part of one day, yeah. but come work on your stuff and I'll come and see mm -hmm. you. And I told you, I'm like, I'm going through a hard moment. Mm -hmm. I need change. Mm hmm. You know, and I was saying, I want to move to Barcelona. I want to move to Madrid. I want to rent my house out. Yes. And I was like, I just need to talk like this so that I can get it out of my system. Mm -hmm. And you, and in the past, you would just roll your eyes and just be like, but in this moment, I think you helped me come aware that when I go through something, I need lots of change. Mm -hmm. And so it's okay to talk about lots of change, to dream about <laughs> lots of change and to go like, oh, where I'm at is actually really okay. Mm -hmm. You know, um, but I would consider myself, class myself as a runner. The moment <laughs> I hit a wall, it's going in a different direction. It's running in a different direction. Yeah. But it's not always healthy. Like at some point you have to build a system to just climb over the wall. Yes. Don't hate where you are. Hate where you're at. What do you mean by that? Because that sounds like the same to me. No. You can think, oh, it's L.A. I hate where I am. L.A. is a problem. It's the city. It's the culture. It's the people. No, what you actually hate is where you're at you're not at a good place in your life. Okay. That you're not accomplishing what you want or you're not um, uh, stepping up in this moment or not getting the relationships that you need. It's not where you are, it's where you're at. Hmm. And you can change where you're at, where you are. You just have to change the environment. You have to change the people. You have to begin to get around. So, um, you know, when, frankly, like when I'm around, like, you know, Ed Milet and John Gordon and, you know, um, you know, when you know, I'm hanging with these guys, it changes the environment. Like, they're so driven. I mean, I was just in a room where every single person was probably 10x to 100x more successful, more affluent than I've ever been. So all of a sudden I'm going, I'm the poorest guy in the room. Man, it's such an amazingly wonderful feeling Yeah. to be in a room where no one is looking at me going... You weren't the poorest person. What? There, you were not the poorest person in that room. <laughs> there's, not, there's, there's not. Well, let's just say that. But you were the might have been the second most. <laughs> I, but I was, I was not in the average. I was not in the average, right? No, see, I love it because when you're in a room with people who are less successful than you, they start looking at you like, why are you so ambitious? Right. And you can feel the gravitational pull pulling you down. Do you feel the gravitational pull going down is, is higher than what pulls you up? Is it stronger than what pulls you up? It is very powerful. Yeah. And when I'm in a room with people who, let's say, have been more courageous than me, yeah. Or have been, have taken bigger risks than me. Right. Or just, you know, I, all of a sudden, not only do I feel compelled to be more, I feel permission yeah. to be more. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, that's why, like, that's why people who gossip, all their friends gossip. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? It's yeah. like bitter people love bitter people, right? Yeah. You know, yeah, unforgiving yeah. people, the whole world's unforgiving because it's the only people that get around them. Right. And if you want to stop being that, you got to get around to other people that will not tolerate the level of apathy or or um, destructive behavior that you've had in the past. And and okay. it changes you. It changes you. And so this a huge part of self-mastery is deciding uh, that your purpose, your intention, your success will be completely connected to the person you're becoming 
not even to what you're accomplishing. Mm. And then let all your accomplishments come out of your essence. I don't know, I think that's it. That's the end. That's the end. That was amazing. <laughs> that was a good one. I haven't done in a while. You're going to do the closing thing? Let me do the closing thing. All right, do the closing thing. Um, okay. Well, that's it. I love the conversation today. I love the conversation today. I'm, so, I'm really grateful, and I, I, I feel like this is the perfect thing for the perfect moment, and I hope people are on board with it. I know, I know, that, I know that we are kind of in a, in a state right now where we're really going through a huge, not identity shift, but maybe like uh, an outer, we're changing our posture to the mm -hmm. world and, and what we show the world and what we talk about. And so, you know, we've been doing this for seven years, and, and everybody who's listening to this podcast, there, there is no, I'm, we are so grateful for you. Like mm -hmm. the people who have hung in there for, for seven years, the people who have jumped in on year five, year two, year six, year four, the people who have remember being in Venice and some people who remember us in the last office or during COVID talking about politics. And, you know, you've been with us on a journey and we're really grateful. Um, there's a couple asks. If you enjoy this, share it. That's the simplest thing. If you enjoy this, share this. If you want more, go back and listen to stuff you haven't listened to. <laughs> uh, write reviews, comment, uh, engage with us online. Subscribe to this YouTube channel. It used to be Bad Already. Now it's Earl McManus. Mm -hmm. and it's going to be the McManus podcast under his his YouTube channel. Um, but this is really exciting. So we're we're really grateful for everybody. I still want to break a thousand comments on on or reviews on iTunes. We haven't yet. We're like in nine hundred. I want to say Spotify. Wow. We have a lot of a lot of a lot of reviews. So I'm really grateful. We can rate. We can rate it. Uh, we love you guys. We're really grateful for you, and we'll talk to you soon.